Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're uncertain about what you really want or unsure how to be a force for good, you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we raise our vibration, we heighten the collective consciousness, and that, my friends, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hello, my fellow joyful journeyers. I'm Anita Adams, your host, and today I want to talk about self-love. Do you, you remember the first time you felt unloved or unworthy? My memory takes me back to a very specific day. I was five years old, and because I was late for school, I missed the school bus that took my class on a field trip to the aquarium. Back in those days, we walked to and from school by ourselves. So when I showed up to kindergarten and discovered an empty classroom, I turned around and slowly meandered back home. My mom and I lived in a one-bedroom basement suite. She had already gone to work, but my stepdad was home and asleep in our bedroom. He wasn't actually my stepdad yet. This was a few years before he married my mom, who was also my best friend. If you are thinking I had some possessive behaviors, you are absolutely correct. And I'm sure my attitude greatly contributed to the challenges I had with this man. I stood in the doorway watching my soon-to-be stepdad sleep, not sure exactly what to do. Should I poke him and wake him up or just go play in the living room? He must have sensed my presence and stirred. What are you doing home? He growled. I missed the bus. You don't take the bus to school. We were going to the aquarium today. At that, he flew out of bed, yanked me over his knee, and gave me my first ever spanking. That memory and the injustice of it is deeply ingrained, and it marks what I now consider a turning point in my young life. It was the beginning, or at least the conscious beginning, of not feeling loved, which branched off into feelings of stupidity and unworthiness. My relationship with my stepdad did not approve over the years. As I moved into my teens, it became even more strained and emotionally abusive. I was repeatedly told I was stupid and constantly punished for ridiculous things like putting the garbage in the garbage can incorrectly. Public humiliation was the favorite tactic used to control me. I feel it's important to let you know that my stepdad wasn't all bad. In fact, there were many good things about him and some truly fun memories. They are just harder to recall and overshadowed by the bad ones. I blamed my stepdad for a very long time for making me feel insignificant, stupid, worthless, for beating me up emotionally instead of lifting me up like a parent should. Fortunately, I had a mother who lavished me with love and attention and she made me believe enough in myself to eventually work my way out of the dark cave I got myself into. Things 
improved between my stepdad and I after I moved out when I was 20. A kinder, more caring relationship emerged. So did forgiveness and even eventually love. Have you heard the expression, hurt people, hurt people? Understanding this truth certainly helped me forgive my stepdad for his poor behavior. Much work needed to be done on me, though. I needed to learn how to love myself again so I could change my behavior about my intelligence and my worthiness. I worked hard on this, really hard, because I understood even all those years ago, again with much thanks to my mother, that it's our beliefs about ourselves that put limits on what we achieve and the life we are able to create, and our beliefs can be changed. So I went to counseling. I read hundreds, hundreds of self-help books. I took workshops. I listened to audio tapes. I journaled. I became mindful of all my thoughts and behaviors. I did all the things. And slowly, ever so slowly, my love for self grew. Today, I love myself deeply, wrinkles, belly, fat, and all. I no longer feel stupid when I spell a word wrong or don't understand the meaning of something. I've come to recognize that I am a pretty amazing human being, just like you, my fellow joyful journeyer. Now, why am I sharing this story? Because the key to accessing our inner wisdom is self-love. If nature is the sacred portal to our higher self, self-love is the gatekeeper. And I want you to love yourself so deeply that you can easily hear the whispers of your soul and create the grandest, most beautiful version of your life. We all deserve to have that. It's hard to hear our inner voice of wisdom if we don't have a lot of self-love because our soul voice gets drowned out by all the noise made by our inner critic and that monkey brain nonsense that is non-stop. What's more, in those rare moments when we actually do hear our soul voice, we doubt its wisdom if our self-love is low. We can't believe what our soul voice is guiding us to do. And we tell ourselves that we aren't capable of achieving such grandness. So we shut out that voice, dismiss it, call it fanciful imaginings, and even mock it. When our love for self is strong, on the other hand, we are more open to receiving and acting on the messages and wisdom from our soul. I want you to understand that I came from a place of very low self-love and self-esteem and was able to rise up above it and become a woman who truly loves herself. And I want to share with you the lessons I've learned that have helped me the most, that have had the greatest impact in boosting my self-love. From my many years of working on my own worthiness, I've come to identify three practices that are critical to boosting self-love. I call it the self-love trifecta, gratitude, self-compassion, and self-forgiveness. 
all three can be daily practices. And if you exercise these muscles, your love for self will grow more quickly. Let me elaborate on each practice a bit more and how they specifically relate to boosting self-love. Practicing gratitude. This is truly a beautiful practice with benefits that include releasing happy hormones, manifesting desires, and boosting our love for what is, which of course includes boosting our love of self. I like to encourage my clients to practice gratitude while walking in nature because it hastens or quickens our love for self. Let me explain. When we continue to invest time in nature, we begin to fall in love with it, all of it, including its multitude of imperfections, which are actually perfect. And soon we begin to recognize that we are part of the beautiful fabric of the environment we are in. It is this awareness that we are one with nature that allows our love for self to deepen. As we express our gratitude for the environment, we are also accepting and appreciating the imperfections which allow us to accept and appreciate what we have labeled as imperfect within ourself. That love and respect for nature literally crosses over to a deepened love and respect for who we are. You cannot be truly in awe of nature and not be in awe of yourself. You are a miraculous, wondrous being, and being in nature shines a light on that. So practice gratitude and do it as often as possible while in nature. Let's talk about the practice of self-compassion. You and I understand that the world needs more kindness and compassion. What we might not think about as often as we should, though, is how to be kind and compassionate to ourselves, not just to others. I would argue that we have to start there. We have to start with being compassionate with ourselves if we truly want to move our world to a kinder place. What does that look like exactly? It's being mindful about our thoughts and how we talk to and about ourselves. It's about being gentle with ourselves when we mess up patting ourselves on the back when we do something well, and encouraging ourselves to keep moving forward with our dreams. Here's something I recommend trying. Make sure to listen to my story that follows the recommendation before diving into this exercise, though. Imagine yourself as a young child. Go back to a fond memory when you are happy, feeling loved, and possess an innocence that radiates outward. Maybe you are four or five years old, perhaps seven at the oldest. Can you see this child in your mind's eye? Call upon that child often and speak to them as you would speak to any child you care about, with love, kindness, acceptance. Be intentional with your words and listen to what that child that is still innocent and full of love has to say to you. This exercise may be triggering, so I want to share a personal experience that may help. 
The first time I was guided to connect with my inner child, I was in a confidence building workshop when I was in my early 20s, and it triggered me. I broke down into tears. Well, actually more like sobs. I couldn't stop crying. And the facilitator who was woefully unprepared for someone like me didn't know what to do. It was a pretty horrible and embarrassing experience all around that didn't serve to boost my confidence at all. I was so distraught because I felt like I was a disappointment to the child self that I conjured up. In my mind's eye, I saw a little girl that I couldn't be there for because I didn't have the self-love I needed to give to her. Here's an interesting thing that I learned many years after that workshop. Our inner child is already full of love, brimming with love, in fact. We are born with this love. It is our natural state of being. Our inner child understands what we have often forgotten. And sometimes we need to allow ourselves to simply receive that love from our inner child. So when you evoke an image of your inner child, first speak to that child with love and compassion, and then allow that child to speak to you. Open your heart and let the love that comes from that child to flow. If we allow ourselves to be open to receive love from our child, from our inner child, they will guide us back to being a kinder, more compassionate person with ourself. What I'm asking you to do is to build a relationship with your inner child. That relationship, like all good relationships, is about giving and receiving. And if you nurture it, it will grow your love for self. The third and final piece of this self-love trifecta is self-forgiveness. If we don't forgive ourselves for the things we've done in the past, we keep ourselves stuck in a drama, in pain. When we are stuck, we can't grow. Forgiving does not mean forgetting. In fact, we should never forget. I will not forget my destructive behaviors that almost destroyed my marriage. I will not forget that I was once a thief. I will not forget the time I spanked my son. I will remember all these things and countless others and use them to guide me in making better decisions. I can even argue those bad choices of the past have shaped the woman I have become today because I learned from them. We are the product of all our choices, including those mistakes, and forgiveness is what allows us to blossom out of the muck like a lotus. Did you know that the lotus is one of the most beautiful flowers whose petals open one at a time, and it will only grow in mud? In order for you and I to gain wisdom, first we must have the mud, the mistakes, the obstacles of life, and its suffering. Forgiveness is like the sun nourishing that flower, allowing it to grow strong and open its petals. It's a beautiful analogy, don't you think? To practice self-forgiveness, 
I recommend inviting your inner child to join you the next time you go for a nature walk. Have a conversation with that child and listen to them when they tell you that you are forgiven. Children are such remarkable creatures with the greatest capacity for love, compassion, and forgiveness. Listen to your inner child with your heart wide open. Listen to the love and allow that love of self to expand. I send you much love too, my fellow joyful journeyer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated with you, please visit our website at joyfulinspiredliving.com. Sign up to receive a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom and become a member of the Joyful Inspired Living community. For a deeper spiritual dive, check out our retreats. We offer both in-person retreats on beautiful Bowen Island in British Columbia, as well as online retreats that you can do from the comfort of your own home. And finally, if you liked our show, please leave a review so more people can find it and learn how to access their highest self. And together, we'll raise the collective consciousness. <laughs>